Welcome to the Mean Lady Talking Podcast, the tough-talking, advice-giving show by the not-really-mean, mean lady, Susan J. Elliott. Good day, everybody. This is Susan Elliott, host of Mean Lady Talking Podcast, and welcome to episode 65. I have some new meanies to give some shout-outs to, and I really appreciate the new support. And I have a new promotion going. If you are a new or existing $9.99 meanie, you have your choice of a free workbook, a free power affirmation, book or a signed copy of Getting Past Your Breakup or Getting Back Out There. Send email to MeanLadyTalking at MeanLadyTalking.com and let me know what you would like. If you are a new or existing 1999 supporter, you can have two of the above. And if for some reason you have all four books and you don't really want another one, which is perfectly fine, I will donate a book in your name to a domestic violence victim shelter. If you don't want it to be donated in your name, I won't. But we have the Getting Past Your Breakup Domestic Violence Victim Scholarship Fund where I give scholarships to domestic violence victims to boot camps, courses, groups, seminars, workshops, all kinds of things that I do. And it's a very important scholarship fund and I haven't given any matching books away in a really long time. Each year I get royalty checks twice a year and I give a percentage of that whatever percentage I have in mind and I buy books with them and donate them to domestic violence victim shelters or organizations because it has my story in the beginning and that is what really prompted me to write the book. A woman's organization had asked me for the book, which hadn't even been written yet. And people have been asking me for the book, for the program for a long time. And I just wasn't paying a lot of attention to it because I was an attorney and I was busy and I was doing these classes and trying to teach the program at night and not, and through the blog and, and through audios that I had, I really didn't want to write a book. I really didn't have time to write a book. But when a woman's organization asked me and asked me for it for domestic violence victims, I felt compelled to write it. And that's how it came to be. Anyway, so twice a year, I donate a certain portion of books to domestic violence victims. And last year, my royalties were less than than usual, both the books and the check that I give to the nonprofit foundation that I founded in Michael's name for brain cancer, both of them got less than they normally get. And I was pretty upset about that. And that has to do with piracy. It has to do with people not writing reviews. It would really help out if getting back out there had more reviews. And if people didn't steal getting past your breakup, that would be fabulous. I chase pirates around the, the internet all the time. Anyway, that's not what this show is about. I want to thank my new meanies. This is really, really important. Robin, Davina, Melissa, Laura, and Ken. Thank you guys so very much for your support. 
support. And if you're a new meanie and you didn't hear your name on this podcast, you will hear it on another podcast. Have no fear. And if you're not a meanie, you can go to meanladytalking.com and you can go down to become a meanie and become a meanie. You would be in very good company. And if you want to take part in the promotion, it's on until July 19th. There will be other benefits after that, but I just wanted to give everybody information. Okay. Now, this is the third time I'm recording this. I bought a new microphone and thank you, my meanies, because I was able to get one when the other one died. And I also got an audio interface, which I talked about in the last podcast I might be needing. And I felt like I did need it. So I I got it and I appreciate the support. I wouldn't be able to do it without the meanies support. Thank you guys so very much. You might notice on the early, early GPYB videos And the GPYB video channel is youtube.com backslash user backslash getting past your past. If you notice on the early getting past your breakup, I was very stiff. I was wearing a suit. I didn't have my glasses on. I had people who were trying to direct me. If you go to the later ones, the later videos where I'm wearing sweaters, I'm wearing my glasses, my hands are all going this way and that way. That's my style. And that's the style they didn't want. They wanted me to sit there. They wanted me to put my hands in my laps. They wanted me to lower the accent. They wanted me to tone down my voice. The whole nine. So if you go to those videos I'm a very different person than I am later on and the later on is really who I am but I have been self-conscious about the accent over the years because I've been told more than once to tone it down anyway so I recorded the podcast and I was recording some mini bonus episodes and you guys should have those I owe some mini episodes and I will be getting those out shortly. I owe two mini episodes, but I was getting sick all week. So the way that I record podcasts and edit podcasts is that the first few times through, I don't listen to it. I just look on the waveform for noises, clicks, things that don't seem to belong there. I go through, I usually multitask. I do something else while I'm doing that. And then I go in and I do it once and once or twice. And then I start listening to it. So I was watching these two episodes of Catfish while I was editing the mini bonus episodes. And then I decided to make a podcast over these two episodes that I just watched because they made the top of my head blow off. So I've been sick. I've been getting sick all week. I don't know if I'm coming or going. It's like I either want to get sick or I want to get well. This in-between stuff is terrible. I feel like I'm getting sick. I have a sore throat. I'm all stuffed up. And I'm exhausted by like 8 o'clock at night when normally I'm up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. So I did the podcast on the Catfish episodes and I spent a few hours editing them without listening to them. And then I went to listen to them and I thought, oh my goodness, this sounds terrible. I sounded like Fran Drescher and my whole self-consciousness about the accent was coming through because I was so nasally and I was thinking, okay, this isn't good. And I couldn't tell. If you go to the Power Affirmations booklet, I have a section on critical judges and inner bullies because we have these people that live in our head and give us a hard time. And sometimes we do it to ourselves. We're our own critical judge or inner bully. But I know that I've 
push back a lot on people that have pushed on me about my accent. So I'm, I'm listening and I'm editing and I'm listening and I'm editing. So now I'm on like hour five of editing. And I thought, I really don't like this. I can't decide. I do not have enough objectivity to figure out if I sound too nasally here or not. And people aren't going to think I'm sick. They're just going to think that I'm, that my substitute host is Fran Drescher. So I trashed it. The sec there went an hour's worth of podcasting and five hours worth of editing out the window. You wonder why this is late. The second one, I have the new microphone. I have the new audio interface and I've been spending a lot of time on YouTube and Facebook groups and things like that for how to get good sound out of this and try to cut down on the editing time that I'm spending because it's really an inordinate amount of time and I would really like to do other things. So I had printed out these little scripts of how to make your podcast sound better. And a lot of times the little tips and tricks and things like that have worked for me so far. It's a matter of finding them. And it's also a matter of sitting through a lot of videos that I don't particularly understand. But I become very dedicated to learning this. And I know that I don't do that well. I'm not a great editor, but I'm trying, guys. I'm really trying to bring you the best quality product that I can. And for some reason, one of the edits that I did just completely blew the thing out of the water. And it was un salvageable. And normally I back it up as I go along. Every time I do an edit, I back up. Every time I do an edit, I back up. Just blew it right out of the water. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this. It was like another hour of podcasting and a couple hours worth of editing. Now, mind you, each time I've deleted these podcasts, and like I said, I don't script most of my podcasts. I outline some of them, but this one, I, oh, I had these two catfish episodes in my head, and they were fresh enough where I could remember them, but now days are going by, and I, I don't remember them that well. <sighs> okay, so let me get to the shows, and if you're going to listen, and you're going to listen to these episodes, and you're going to say, what the hell does this have to do with me? I'm going to tell you what it has to do with you, okay? So calm down. We will get there. First of all, Max has left the show. Max has gone on to directing, bigger, better things. That's what he was always interested in. And he would leave the show periodically. And they would have co-hosts. And most of the co-hosts are really cool. I really like them. And Neve has always been sort of the naive one, naive Neve. And Max was always the mean one, you know. And on this show, mean is a compliment. And it is a compliment when, when I'm talking about Max. You know, he's the one that was kind of not believing in anything, not sure that anybody is anybody. Max is a skeptic. So normally the co-hosts that come in, a lot of them play the Max role. They kind of foil Neve. They're sort of the mean person of the duo. So the first episode has Slick Woods and Slick Woods has been on before and I really like her. If you don't know who she is, She's a model. She had a really tough life and she really made something of herself and she's a really great person. So anyway, she comes in and they read this letter and this woman is wanting to meet this guy that she's having this online affair with, blah, 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 blah. They talk to her and she tells them that the person that she's having a relationship with is Chris Brown. Yes, the Chris Brown. Three, the Chris Brown of beating up Rihanna fame. And some of you can object to that. You could say he's changed, his music is great, blah, blah, blah. 
As a former domestic violence victim, I have trouble with Chris Brown. I have trouble with the way that certain entertainment industries just give free passes to people who mistreat women. I just, I just don't get it. I mean, it's just not entertainment industries. It's a lot of places. But if you beat up somebody the way he beat up Rihanna, it should have been don't ever darken a doorstep again. But then I see these videos of people throwing themselves at him. Oh, Chris, you're wonderful, blah, blah, blah. And I just want to throw up. Anyway, so I want to get that out of the way because when I looked at the episode, I'm like, oh my God, Chris Brown. Like, don't tell me I have to deal with Chris Brown here. So I almost didn't watch the rest of the episode because I'm thinking, I just, I don't even want to deal with Chris Brown. So you might be sitting there thinking, what does this have to do with me? And I'll tell you. There are so many people in this world who fall for things like this. Why? Because people want to believe what they want to believe. They create an entire persona out of somebody based on a few conversations, a few texts, a few this, a few that. It doesn't match real life and they don't know it yet. Because they want to believe so much that this relationship is real, that this person is real, that everything's going to be hunky freaking dory and it's not. That's how people get into this. Now between recording these podcasts that fell by the wayside, I had a meeting with one of my clients and she said to me, everyone in the world is having emotional affairs. And I said to her, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. I said, I was just thinking about this in response to these catfish episodes that I just saw and wanted to do a podcast about. I said, and just did a podcast about it. I said, I can't believe you said that. I said, I wish that I had talked to you before I, I did these podcasts because I would have included that on the podcast. And she said, no, really, people are creating people in their head. Like, you don't know anything about this person. You don't know who this person is. But based on one conversation where they're nice to you, they're polite, they're this, they're that you're thinking oh they're really terrific people you don't know that even narcissists even sociopaths can be charming people in the beginning i've told the story i went out with my best friend and her husband and my husband michael and my best friend's husband opens the door for her pulls a chair out for her takes her by the arm when they're walking into the restaurant my husband is like ricochet rabbit he's like all over the place he has adhd he had adhd he's like running around like a lunatic he's like leaving us in the dust like if you looked at these two couples you would say the the big guy, the tall guy, is the loving husband. And the short guy is out of his friggin' mind. When in reality, her husband turns out to be a destructive sociopath who did so much damage to so many people. And my husband was the most loving, generous, kind, wonderful man in the world. You couldn't tell by what was going on there that that is what was happening because my best friend's husband played the part. Played the part. And that's what sociopaths do. That's what narcissists do. So if you think that you're going to get to know somebody in a few conversations, you're going to have all kinds of impressions of him or her from out the gate based on absolutely nothing, you are wrong. You have to step back. You have to withhold judgment. You have to go to the GPYB workbook and you have to read about observation. You have to employ observation and you have to stop letting your 
romantic heart leads you around by the freaking nose. That's what you have to do. So this one thinks she's in a relationship with Chris Brown. And they say, have you talked to Chris Brown on video chat? And she's like, no, he doesn't have it or he's traveling and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Chris Brown doesn't have video chat. Sure, I'm sure that's true. It was the same thing with this guy that thought he was in a relationship with Katy Perry. They wound up going to London over this. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So she said, I've got voicemails from him. And they go, oh, let us hear it. So like I said, I am not a Chris Brown fan. And I have been listening to the man's voice in years. Ever since the Rihanna incident. But she plays the voicemail. And even I know it's not Chris Brown, for God's sakes. I mean, what kind of fool do you have to be? And again, it's not really being a fool. It's about wanting to believe something so bad. You let logic and reason take a holiday. And you stay home and deal with it. And then you have to deal with the consequences. So the other thing about the Chris Brown thing is that the person who is saying that they're Chris Brown is saying, to her, well, you know, I have this other girlfriend and I really like you two to be friends and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay. I'm like, sorry, what? What? No, I don't care who somebody is. You don't do the sister wives act with another girlfriend. You don't do it. If somebody says, A, I can't video chat, and B, I have a girlfriend that I want you to be friends with, the answer to those two things is no. You don't go, oh yeah, sure, fine, I'll do that. So anyway, fast forward, I'm not going to belabor this point, because you guys all know that this is not Chris Brown. They go out there, and they get out of the car, and this woman comes out, it's like, who the hell is this woman? And she says to her, before you go in there, I want you to know know that I love you very much and Chris loves you very much and it's like who the hell are you what the hell is going on and I'm sorry but love is an action so stick this I love you bullshit right up your ass the catfishing that goes on in this episode is complete and utter bullshit. So let's go inside, shall we? So we go inside, and guess what? Chris Brown is a woman. Okay, so Slick Woods asks the woman before they get there. Chris Brown's Instagram showed that he got a new puppy. Did he mention to you on the phone that he has a new puppy and she's like no so the catfish isn't even working that hard for this the catfish is being lazy as sin because apparently this woman and the other woman the girlfriend is falling for all of this this is crazy in this day and age we're so concerned about our children, about having access to all of this stuff years before they should. And yet as adults, we're not looking into things that are very easy to look into. It's like, hello, there are people on the Jody Arias tag and the Jody Arias supporters who hate my gut because I've, I've been a very vocal opponent of Jody Arias and I, as a domestic violence victim know that she has not been 
a domestic violence victim. And there have been people who are supporters of Jody Arias and at least one person on the Jody Arias tag who was an opponent also who didn't believe that I was who I said I was. And I was like astonished because you cannot lie about being an attorney. If I was lying about being an attorney, I'd be practicing law without a license and that's a crime. So if you accuse somebody of being a criminal, that's defamation per se, meaning you don't have to prove that you've been damaged. If you say that somebody has a venereal disease or is a criminal, there are certain things where you don't have to prove the damage to you of what they said. And that's one of the things. I always am shocked because I say my life is an open book. Everything that I write about, everything I talk about, all of my podcasts, all of my Facebook groups, all of my everything, my Wikipedia page, yada, yada, which I don't touch and I don't edit and I'm not allowed to, but my life is an open book and being an attorney is in a public database. I couldn't say that I'm an attorney if I'm not. So I'm always astonished because it's like, look it up, Stu before I make a complete and utter ass out of you. And there was this one moron, her name is Red Tailspin on Twitter, who said things to me last year like, oh, do your friends know your secret? Do your friends know you're really not an attorney? Do your friends know the only time you were in a courtroom was in handcuffs? That is so close to defamation per se. And when I called her on it, she never talked to me again. And then there was somebody who was a Jody Arias opponent who said that I made her bullshit meter go up and I was like how? And somebody who knew her said oh well she doesn't think that you're an attorney and then when she realized that I was kind of taking on the Jody Arias opponents and saying like it's in a database you can look me up it's not a secret you don't have to have any special powers to find out if I'm an attorney or not just freaking use the New York attorney database the Texas attorney database it's right freaking there and then she switched it to therapists like therapists a good therapist a real therapist shouldn't be talking about the personality disorders that Jody Arias has. And I'm sorry, people do this all the time. There are some very, very high-profile therapists who do it. When I was writing for Psychology Today, we were debating it. We debate famous people's personality disorders, lack of personality disorder, mental health, whatever. All therapists do this. She just had a bug up her butt about me. She didn't want me to be who I said I was, but I am. I don't know how to be anything else. Anyway, so it works both ways. It's like, if you don't think I'm who I say I am, go look me up. It's so easy to do these days. But if you think that you are in a relationship with a famous person, go look them up, see what they're doing, see what they're saying, see where they're going, and then match it up to the person that you're talking about. We are so concerned about our kids having access to all this stuff that they really shouldn't have access to at their early age. But as adults, we can't pick up the freaking Google and figure this stuff out for ourselves before we go diving into a relationship with somebody or defaming somebody or saying things about somebody that aren't true. Like what is wrong with us? Be an adult. Look these things up. It's not hard to do. Ask your eight-year-old. They'll tell you how to do it. Anyway, they go in and The woman's excuse is, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? The woman's excuse was, I was bullied when I was younger. And Slickwoods goes, you know what? 
So was I. And I don't do stuff like this. And I'm thinking, yes, this is what I call the abuse excuse. I'm sorry. Bad things happen to people that doesn't give you license to treat other people like shit, especially people that had nothing to do with the way you were mistreated. And I see this on Catfish over and over again. I saw one guy, he was a freaking sociopath. I'll have to do a podcast on that episode one time. And for the episodes that I've already done, I'll put the, in the show notes here, but I have to do a podcast on this guy who was such a sociopath and he was so angry at the world because of how he'd been treated, but he was making victims that are innocent and people that is not okay it's just not okay it's like i don't care what happened to you you don't have the right to catfish random people you just don't i was abused i had bad things happen to me in my life i was in foster care i met the love of my life he freaking died of cancer am i out there mistreating other people because of all these bad things that happened to me no I'm here trying to make the world a better place and doing podcasts and all kinds of other things. And I don't have to be doing this. I could be making $500 an hour as an attorney, but I'm doing this instead, begging for Patreon supporters because this is an important thing that I do. And yet these other people, this is what they do. They take their twisted background and they take it to harm other people. And you have to be aware of the fact that there's people like this out there. Okay, so let's get to the next show. And like I've said, Neve never is going to run out of people for the show. In this day and age where you could get anybody's information about anything. And Catfish is in seven seasons and they show you how to search for things. They show you how to do the photo search. Blah, blah, blah. Nobody does it. It's like, oh my God. Next one. It's an 18-year-old girl. Really pretty, really intelligent, really nice. And she has a baby and she's not in a relationship with the baby's father anymore so she's on a website plenty of fish now i want to tell people this especially women especially younger women the more legitimate site the pay sites like match.com eharmony.com you can't go on there and be somebody else you can bullshit but you really can't be somebody else on plenty of fish it should be called plenty of catfish there's so many crazy things that happen as a result of that site any of the free sites you're going gonna wind into trouble on this okay so she sees this guy his name is Remy and she thinks he's cute and now this is what you don't do on free site you don't message guys first you just don't this guy was on there he used this guy Remy's picture he even gave her Remy's actual Facebook page he's another lazy catfish and the co-host of this episode is L King and I love L King I love everything about L King I love her music I love her attitude I love her sense of humor I love her being honest about her depression I identify a lot with her when I saw she was a co-host, I was like, great. Then I could wash the stink of this last episode off of me. But no. And he comes into her life and he says, oh, I really love you. And I want to help you take care of the baby and blah, blah, blah. He says all the things that she wants to hear. And even though she's young, I have seen older people, both men and women, fall for stuff like this. Somebody tells you what you want to hear. 
And you have all the fantasies going that this is real and true and right. And it's not any of those things. So he lives near her, which is one of the few catfishes that do. He lives near her. And he says, let's meet up at the movies. And they go there. She goes there with her best friend, Mari. Now keep Mari in mind. So she goes there with the best friend, Mari. And they're running around. They're trying to figure out where he is. And he texts her and he's like, are you in a black Nissan wearing a yellow shirt? And she's like, yeah, where are you? And then he disappears. Okay. If you're within feet of somebody where they can see the car you're driving and what you're wearing and then they just disappear, something is very wrong. At that point, you cut it off. And this is the point that I want to make. You have to get your bullshit tolerance down to zero. And that's bullshit. Especially someone you don't know. You get the bullshit tolerance down to zero and you take the romanticism and the googly eyes and the walks on the beach and the starry starry night and all this other bullshit and you throw that shit out the window. You get real. You get some sense about this stuff and if you put the romantic stuff aside the oh I love you and I'm going to help you raise your baby because that's what she wants and walks in the moonlight walks on the beach and walking into the sunset together the minute it was that nonsense in the movie parking lot it's over it's done forget it this is nonsense then he tells her oh by the way I have a girlfriend and she found the messages and now she wants to kick your ass It's like, excuse me, what? First of all, and I've said this all the time, and it really should be said more to women than men, but if somebody is with your guy or woman, you don't kick their ass. You kick your partner's ass for being, for playing footsie with these people. The person who is talking to your partner has no freaking loyalty to you, okay? So let's get that shit right out of our head. But let's wind back to the woman and Mari's going yeah let's meet her let's fight her you know blah 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 and the woman's like no I don't think that I should do that good call but at that point okay we've got the movie situation then we have the girlfriend situation at this point you don't write to catfish at this point you slam down the phone slam down the texting slam down everything and move on that's what you do you don't try to get this guy to meet up with you through catfish that's ridiculous l king and neve both know that this is not the guy you know bah, bah, bah. she takes a lot of convincing but finally the guy shows up and he had actually sent her the real remy's page and she had messaged the real remy's page but it's on facebook where you have the message requests i forget to check them all the time and i'll be checking them all of a sudden i have 50 of them you know, one from december and i'll be like oh gee i wonder if this is still a question because i haven't answered it so probably the real remy me, either got her message, you know what the hell she was talking about, or hasn't seen her message yet. He's probably watching Catfish when I go, what the hell am I doing on Catfish? But this woman, this young woman was pretty. She was intelligent. She was a good person. She didn't have to put up with any of this garbage. And then Neve and Al go to talk to this guy and he tells them, well, you want to know something? I've been Snapchatting intimate chat with Mari. And they're like, what? Yeah. So not only is this guy playing this woman for a fool, 
but her best friend is also playing her for a fool. And this is disgusting. This is such a breach of the girl code. Don't friggin' do this. No guy that you're gonna have computer sex with is worth your best friend. If you do that to your best friend, you're a total piece of shit with no moral compass, no value system, nothing. Forget it. You have nothing. You're a loser and you are just a disgusting human being. So if you're a young woman, you really need to be selective about who you go out with. And no matter what age you are, the minute bullshit raises its head, you've got to be out of there, out of there. Your frame of reference might be, oh, I should give him a chance, but, but, but no, you don't know this person. I've heard people say, well, I trusted him. How could you trust him? You don't know him. How could you trust him? All sorts of psychopaths are charming and wonderful in the beginning. Ted Bundy was charming as hell and he murdered everybody. It doesn't matter if they're charming or nice or whatever accolade you want to give them the minute they pull bullshit behavior you have to go you know and I and sometimes you're too healthy for someone you're just too healthy for someone sometimes when you have the no tolerance for bullshit people pick up on that and unhealthy people and sick psychopaths stay away from you. They just stay away from you. They pick it up. They're like, nope, she's not going to be putting up with my bullshit anytime soon. And you also have to stop thinking that just because you are like someone and you like someone and you're having a rip roaring good time, that that's what they're looking for. Just because it doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. I told the story about having a pseudo relationship with a guy. We spent a lot of time together. We saw each other. We dated. We could spend an entire weekend together every single minute and just laugh and carry on and have a good time. And we had so much in common. We had so many interests. And his best friend would say to me, oh my goodness, like when he comes back from seeing you, he's just so happy and so bubbly and talks about you nonstop. And when he comes back from seeing his ex-girlfriend, he He's miserable and he doesn't know what her problem is and she has a personality like a wet sponge and blah 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 but you know how many times he left the relationship with me to go with her like three different times and I was the one who finally had to put a stop to it and I remember one night we were together all weekend and it was Sunday night and we we're sitting down to dinner at this restaurant and we had been laughing and laughing and laughing we were laughing until we were crying and he reached across the table and he grabbed my hands and he said I love you and I didn't say I love you too I just because I've been down the road with this guy a couple of times before this is before I got the no tolerance for bullshit he and I just made such a wonderful couple and this is before I learned the lessons that I'm trying to teach you right now and he said to me everybody says we're so great together you know why and I said no why and he said because we are and I went home that night thinking oh my god he finally came to see it the light has finally dawned over Marblehead we're all on the same page everything's wonderful of course he loves me of course I'm the one he wants to be with I'm the one that he has such a great time with we do nothing but laugh and joke and carry on everything is fabulous no he went back with his ex-girlfriend. Why? Because he still had to do the misery. Whatever it was in his past, 
that kept him from committing. He either had to be with somebody who made him so miserable he couldn't commit or he had to deal with some bullshit in his past that made him miserable. Talk in GPYB about overcoming the lessons of the past. We pick people that we can engage in the struggle with that we didn't win as children and we will never win it in adult relationships. The only way to win is not to play the game. So I finally had to kick this guy to the curb because he wanted misery over me and I couldn't do it. But when I would leave a night like we had, we had the diner and he was like, oh, everybody says we're so wonderful, blah, blah, blah. I was walking on like 10 feet of clouds thinking that he sees this relationship the way I see this relationship. Like it's fun. It's wonderful. Life is hard. Your relationship should be, as I've talked about before, a springboard to your life, hobbies, interests, and friends, and a shelter in the storm. If it's not those things, it's not worth anything. It's just a bunch of dysfunctional mumbling between two crazy people who don't know what they want. So if your relationship is not those two things, get out. But sometimes we still have a desire, a very dysfunctional subconscious desire to go try to win over the battles that we didn't win as children. And that's dysfunctional. It takes therapy and meetings and books and all kinds of things. But we cannot put our frame of reference on other people just because we think this is wonderful and we're having a good time and this brings so much to our life and we're just so happy. If they don't appreciate it and they walk away, let them walk. Like T.D. Jake says, let them walk. They have other crap, other unresolved stuff to work out in some other venue, not yours. Let them go. Say, this is bullshit. I'm not putting up with bullshit and goodbye. And when you have children, it is especially, especially important that you don't fall for imposters. When I was working and I was very close with the friends that I worked with, we were all in our 30s. Some of us had been married before. Some of us wasn't. We were all in technical support. We went skiing together. We went away on weekends together. We did all kinds of stuff together. When I didn't have my kids, I was hanging out with them. And because we worked in technical support, we would and we, we supported hospitals, so the only time we could update things was on the weekends. So we'd come up and we'd be spending like 48 straight hours together. But I never talked to them about my kid because my first husband, when I hit him with the restraining order, he subpoenaed all my friends, my mother, my mother. So not only was I afraid of what these people are going to say, to me like is his lawyer gonna trick them into saying things gonna be Perry Mason moments I wasn't an attorney yet I didn't know how all of this worked and I was petrified not only was I petrified but I had no support system going in the weeks before that meeting and I had no idea what they were gonna say so after that there was no way I was talking about my kids to anybody no way no how not ever and I didn't and I had people that would consider me their best friend or very close friend and the amount of time we spent together and I never talked about my kids. 
never because I just wasn't feeling safe that my ex-husband could somehow take me to court again and subpoena people and God knows what they'd say. And I had a great group of friends. We went out, went out to lunch, went out to dinner and people drank and people danced. People had a good time. I never drank. I was always on my best behavior. I mean, there was nothing I did in those years that could ever come back to bite me, but I didn't care. And I didn't introduce guys to my kids. I didn't let guys pick me up at my house. Guys didn't know where I lived. And I didn't talk to guys about my kids. And any of you have heard the story about Mr. Racist that I met in New York. And him talking about my kids was what blew me out of the water. And I went and stayed in the hotel lobby. And I'll try to put the show notes to that on this episode. But anyway, so this woman has a baby. The father's not in her life and she's talking to this guy and he's sketchy as hell and she can't see his face on the first video. She can only see his forehead and that's, let's review. One, she can't see his forehead. She can't see his face, only his forehead. Two, he sees her close enough to see her but disappears, doesn't come up to her and three, has a girlfriend who wants to kick her ass. Okay, Uh, you know, we should not even be getting to three. One, you're out. Two, you're out. Three, you're really out. But no, she's riding catfish, talking about all this, this, that, another. So the guy's a piece of shit. We know the guy's a piece of shit. But the best friend is a piece of shit, too, because Neve and Al meet the guy. And he says, I've been talking to Mari on Snapchat. And we've been having intimate Snapchat. And it's like, excuse me, what? You don't betray your best friend for some piece of shit, guys. This is totally disgusting. The guy was playing a game. He went on Plenty of Fish just to see what would happen. And as soon as he was in there, she messaged him. Ladies, don't message guys, especially on a free dating website. One of the things that resonated with me throughout these two episodes is you get what you put up with. And if you're a vibrant, intelligent, good person with good moral values, don't sell yourself short, especially if you have a child. But this goes for anyone of any age. The minute the bullshit comes in, you take off. Romance meter down. Bullshit tolerance meter down. You keep those two things down and in place and you will have the proper perspective. Don't be falling all over yourself with somebody who says the right things and does the right things and says the things you want to hear because anybody can do that shit in the beginning. It doesn't matter. A good relationship, a healthy relationship is a springboard to the rest of your life, hobbies, interests, friends, and a shelter in the storm. And in both of these relationships, it was obvious long before Neve got involved that these relationships were not capable of doing either of those things. And the guy, when they asked him, why did you decide to change your mind about being on the show? He says, oh, well, who doesn't want to be on television? Guy's a total piece of shit. Totally without a moral compass. Totally without a value system. Total piece of shit. You have to actually be someone who doesn't put up with bullshit. You don't have to put yourself out there like, oh, I'm not going to put up with bullshit. You have to actually be someone who doesn't put up with bullshit because the radar works both ways. And people did not go near me because they knew that I was too healthy. And I tell people this about rejection. Sometimes people reject you because you're too healthy because they know you're not going to put up with their bullshit. 
But if you're not worried about other people rejecting you, you're just worried about being with the people who want to be with you, wants to be with me, number one requirement. You don't have to worry about being rejected. You don't have to worry about the whys of being rejected. You just know, okay, this person says we're not good together. We're not good together. Fine. Okay, move on. Don't take rejection personally and be willing to walk away early and often. The minute bullshit raises its head, walk away. Stop chasing people that don't want you. Stop accepting crumbs. Stop accepting things that compromise your moral value system. If somebody says, well, I have another girlfriend, is that okay? No, it's not okay. Don't settle for less. Don't read things into things. Forget the wonderful nights. Don't be swept away. Romanticism is bullshit. You can find it in the first 15 minutes of any damn relationship. The first three months could be wonderful in any damn relationship. It doesn't happen in the long haul if the person is disordered or dysfunctional or still a shit to work out with their family of origin, with their ex, with the, the person down the street, or they're just getting their jollies off because they're a friggin' sociopath that's got nothing better to do on a Tuesday afternoon. So I think I'll just catfish people. What the hell? Oh, here's a woman with a baby. I think I'll catfish her. Sicko, sicko, sicko. So anyway, that's the lessons from these two shows. Withhold judgment. Don't be falling for words. Words are for shit. Actions are what matters. Love is an action. Words mean nothing. Nothing. And like that first lady that came out in the Chris Brown segment and said, oh, Chris loves you when I love you. First of all, it's like, who the hell are you? And second of all, people who love you don't catfish you. And they would have come clean before the show Catfish got into the situation. So don't give me this bullshit. Okay, so I hope to get caught up. And on the 20th, I am releasing two days early for the meanies. All meanies of all tiers will get the episode two days early. I'm going to try to catch up this weekend, give the mini episodes, and put the regular podcast back on track. And then next weekend, I am going to start releasing the episodes two days early for the meanies in appreciation for your support. Thank you guys so much. This is Susan Elliott, host of Me Lady Talking Podcast. Be careful out there. Talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.